Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Hello, hello. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. And if there is anybody in the calf, could you send me through? Could you send them through, please? So we can start. Well, if it is your first time at the Harvest Center, please do feel welcome. And welcome as well to the people who are following us uh, from home. Uh, today is an exciting day. You know what? We know why. Uh, because it's a new day that the Lord has made for us to worship Him, to praise Him, to lift His name on high. Amen. So we're not here just to warm up our chairs. We're not here just to, yeah, it's Sunday. I've been to church. Well done myself. But we are here because we are, we've got a special encounter with the Holy Spirit. We want to lift His name. We want to praise His name. We want to, most important, open our hearts and to give uh, uh, the space to allow the Holy Spirit uh, to work in our life. Um, you know, uh, God is always on the move. He's always interested to change our life, to shape our life. But He's looking for people who are willing to say, you know what, God, take my life, shape my life. I want to be like you. Change me. So if that's your heart attitude this morning, if this is your desire, then God has prepared something for you. Why don't we all stand? And uh, we just open uh, in prayer. We'll spend some time worshiping God as well. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, because this is a new day that you have made for us. We thank you because uh, we can rejoice, we can be glad in it, we can lift your name on high, we can praise you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would take away from us any thoughts, any, any uh, problem, any situations that want to distract us this morning from you, Lord God. You are here among us. Lord, your word says there were two or three are gathered in my name. I am there. I'm there with you. So we know, Holy Spirit, that you are here in us, among us, and you're looking forward to do a work in our lives, Lord God. So we just uh, want to open our hearts, Lord God. We want to say, uh, touch our life, Lord Jesus. We pray for the people who are not here for different situations, people who are struggling, maybe with illness, people that have got uh, other uh, circumstances that are holding them from uh, being with us here this morning. We just pray for them, Holy Spirit, that you would reach them, that you would reach out to them, that you will touch their lives, touch their hearts, that you would encourage them, that you would bring healing and strength and peace, Lord God, according to their needs, Lord God. We thank you because it is good, it is good, you know, to come together and to worship your name. You deserve to be worshipped, Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you because we, if we can stand here today, it's because of the grace that has been dis uh, bestowed upon us when you died on the cross, Lord God. We thank you because at Calvary, there is the answer uh, to uh, the, the, to the deep problem of man, Lord God. In, at the Calvary, there is the answer to all the uh, turmoil and situations that uh, people can find themselves living, Lord God. And, and we thank you, Lord God, because uh, we didn't come cheap. You paid the highest price for us. Thank you for that wonderful love. We want to worship you. Your plans are good. Your, your purposes are good, Lord God. We want to lift your name above our situations, above our life, above our problems, above our circumstances. We want to worship your name because you deserve to be worshipped, God. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, because you are good. You are good to us, Lord God. Hallelujah. Shall we give a round of applause to our Lord? Because he is good to us. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you are doubting about the goodness of God, you know, uh, God wants you to rethink today because he is good. He is good to us. He is good to you. He has given his life for you. Therefore, he is good. Amen. 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 Please do take your, your seat. Okay. Let me see. Today Sarah is not here. So guess what? <laughs> I'm going to have to make the notices. Steve said, try to be energetic as Sarah is, but I said, I just doesn't belong. I cannot do that. I'll not be as good as she is. But anyway, I'll try to go through everything. Uh, okay, so uh, first of all, last Wednesday we had our first session. Yep, we had our first session of our uh, Bible course. I think I, I, you enjoyed it. I asked a few of you, and I, I heard some good feedback. Um, now there is still time for if you want to join. You missed the first, but you know we can uh, make it possible for you to get the video. We still have, I think, four booklets available. Um, so just if you want to join the Bible course on Wednesday night. Uh, feel free to come along. It's half past seven here in church. Um, and then we, today we're going to have um, church lunch after church. Uh, so is, uh, you know, we prepare you know, the pl plenty of food every time we do. So uh, if you're here and you didn't bring anything, don't worry. Yeah, don't go away. Just please stick around with us. We've got enough food, uh, but it will be good to have a time of fellowship uh, together. Now, this is just... Uh, uh, technical as well announcement in regarding to the soft play uh, we're going to use the soft play um, after church or before church but not during the service um, this is for the parents uh, including us who got kids uh, we'll try to keep that closed during the service uh, so just to minimize the noise level but you know if you come here a bit earlier in the morning it is open or after the service of course uh, which is basically after when we are all dismissed uh, you know, we can, um, that soft play again is available uh, for your children to play in. Um, now, I've got Flourish, uh, I think I'm, I'm going to call Anna. Uh, she's going to make an announcement about it. And then, I don't know, Joe, if you want to come about the safeguarding, uh, or you want me just to mention it, whatever you prefer. Right. Good morning. It's not going to be long as I already introduced the, well, introduced our lovely invitation to you last week. But if you weren't here last week, um, Flourish is coming up on the 21st of October, very, very soon. Okay, so um, you are all invited. If you're a lady and you're in this room today, you're automatically invited. Okay, and this invitation is for you to give to a friend okay, or to a neighbor or to a relative, another lady whom you would like to invite. So this is an invitation-only event. And the reason for that being is because we want to make it as relational as possible. Okay, there is a little um, breakdown on the back. Thank you, Eliana, for the lovely flyer. Um, there is going to be Karen um, from the um, Compass Church in Wellingborough. She's going to be our speaker. And the program this year is going to be slightly longer because we thought, it, you know, we're putting up this lovely event and all the work that goes into it. It would be lovely to keep the ladies here for a little bit longer than we usually do. And um, it's, the program is going to be slightly different. So when, when ladies come in, we're going to have... Um, 
tea and a coffee as a little welcome. And then instead of just going and sitting down at tables, as we usually do it, we're going to have some creative time, some creative corners, some creative activities that you can do together with the lady that you've invited. So that then hopefully will get us talking and chatting to one another um, before we then sit down and have an afternoon tea. And we're going to have an inspirational interview. I'm going to interview Tina. I'm looking forward to that. Tina's got a lovely story to tell. Woo -woo. Um, and then we're going to have um, Karen, who's going to give the message. So um, if you haven't got your invitation yet, please come and see um, me after the service. Okay. Okay. Should I just mention it? Yeah. So it's about next Saturday. So this is an announcement for all the people who are involved with children ministry, which is Sunday school, uh, Kids Zone, uh, which is our mothers and toddler group, or people that would like to uh, be involved with kids, youth, uh, uh, mothers and toddlers, and, and so on. We're going to have next Saturday our uh, safeguarding training, uh, which is going to happen here in church. Uh, we're going to start at 9 o'clock in the morning. Is that 9 o'clock? We're going to meet here at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and we're going to stay here uh, until early afternoon. Bring your, your sandwich or something with you to eat. Uh, we're going to have a quick uh, lunch break. Um, but, you know, we'll, um, we'll, um, yeah, we'll have coffee and tea available. Um, so, really, if you work with children and would like to be involved with children, please do um, come along because it's so important. You know, we, we, are, um, we, we like to be a safe church, uh, you know, for our, even for our children, but also for the people that come, you know, when we do our uh, public events, we, we get so many children here. So we want to be a safe church. We want to uh, make sure that we, are all, we all know uh, what is required you know, when we are involved with children ministry. So it's next Saturday, starting at 9 o'clock in the morning. Now, one last thing. I just want to encourage you. Last week, we received these booklets. And we, um, every seasons we receive one so there is one for the autumn for the fall season one for the winter spring summer and so on and it's basically um, a little booklet that is published by the UCB uh, which is uh, I think is United Christian Broadcast stands for and it's like a devotional and it's like um, every as you turn the pages there are you know every day there is a small devotional which is really alpha page but they are so good and so encouraging and they are always there you know there are plenty available at the back and um, I want to encourage you strongly to grab all one of these and, um, you know, to include it if you want to in your daily reading. You know, there are people who maybe struggle with their phone. You prefer to have something, um, you know, that you can actually flip the pages. And um, these are very good, yeah? So I just want to encourage you uh, to, uh, to take them. They're all at the back there. Um, this is the new one, uh, which is, for, I think, for this coming winter. But we still have the uh, autumn one available there. So just grab all one of these copies because it's very good. Now, we can, as uh, children and youth, you can go. Uh, we're going to have our offering time. Uh, you can give by cashier with card at the back, or you can scan the QR code on the screen. Um, wonderful. So before going to the Word, actually, we've got a testimony. Lee, why don't you come? Here's the mic. Good morning. Um, I wasn't going to share anything, but while we were singing, I, I just really felt that I needed to, to share this. Um, so some of you may know that we've had a financial situation going on, um, and it started um, back in January and actually was finished, sorted out finally on Friday, which is amazing. 
Um, but I just wanted to share, because um, we've been singing about God being good, and he's good, and he is amazing. And I remember at the beginning when this situation started, I was praying for like a miracle. I was praying that God would, you know, just provide um, supernaturally. Um, and he could have done, but he didn't on the, in this situation. But um, what he did do was develop my character. And I remember there was um, one of my um, lecturers when I was away at Bible school. Um, he used to say, don't miss the miraculous by looking for the spectacular. And I was looking for the, the spectacular, but actually what he did in me was actually quite miraculous. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, he developed my patience, he developed my character, he gave me more grace, and he just showed me more of him, more of his character. And I think I wanted to share this as an encouragement for anybody that's going through, whether it be financial, health, whatever, and you're praying and praying and praying for a miracle. Just, just don't, don't stop believing, but don't miss the miraculous by looking for the spectacular. God is doing something. He hears your prayers, even if it seems that nothing's happening at that moment. But he, he's working. He's working in the background. And then when, you know, it, he will answer your prayers. And when the answer comes, you can look back on it and you can see his hand in every moment. And I, that's what I wanted to share, really, as an encouragement don't give up. God is with you in this. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is so true. It is so true. Sometimes when uh, we speak, uh, we pray for God to move in our situation, we look for the spectacular. We look like, I want to see an angel coming down from heaven and heaven destroying my enemy. I want to see money appearing in my bank account. I want to see these and that, I want to see that tomorrow I wake up in the morning and sometimes God works another way because His plans are good for us and He brings us through journeys in life that are um, helpful to develop our character and, and, and really to, He makes us strong in Him and then when we become stronger in Him, guess what? We can actually uh, start to help other people around us. Our capacity increases and, and then it's not just about us but we can actually uh, take care of the people around us. Um, okay, for, t for today I prepared um, a simple message and um, is um, about, in fact I already uh, spoke about this man, uh, I think it was um, at the beginning of the year, um, and I'm, I'm speaking about the person of Jonah. Uh, person of Jonah in the Bible is, uh, again, is, if you are familiar with your Bible, is uh, probably you know, uh, you know him. Uh, again, it's one of the stories that you were told uh, if you grew up in church at Sunday school. And, um, you know, sometimes you come across the books in the library. You see this little man inside the, the stomach of a big uh, fish. Um, you know, everybody knows. It's a bit like uh, the story of, uh, of the Noah's uh, Ark. Um, you know, a lot of people know about it. But Jonah was a man that, um, it was interesting because he was a man that, We'll look together today. He heard the word of God, so the word of God was spoken to him uh, very clearly. But then he was a man who ran away from, from God. Yeah, so he heard the word, then he ran away from him. But then as well, a man at the end, he was reconciled with God. And I think this pattern, you know, hearing the word, running away, and reconciliation is a pattern that uh, we Christians uh, ourselves, we uh, experience in our life 
in different parts of our life. Uh, sometimes we receive the Word of God. Uh, that can be the, rele- the revelation of Jesus, or maybe it could be something in the Bible in your daily reading that speaks to you, speak into your situation. Uh, so we receive it, we recognize, we say, oh, yes, thank you, Lord God, because you are encouraging me uh, through this. But then what we do, uh, for different reasons, we find ourselves walking away from God, running away from God, until then we hit rock bottom, then then to be reconciled. It's a, it's a bit of a... Uh, a loop that, you know, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves a bit trapped. And this is exactly what happened to John. As I said, he heard the word, he ran away from God, and then eventually he cried out to the Lord and he was reconciled uh, uh, to, to him. Um, so it's like, why do we run away from God's word? We should be happy when we hear God's word in our life, and yet sometimes we, we run away from it. Uh, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel the pressure for different, there are, there are certain things in life that triggers pressure in me, you know, I'm human like you, so I like, and whenever I go under pressure, then the way how God picks me up, he comes to me with a scripture, like, you know, the battle is not yours, you know, uh, you know, I am with you, and I, oh, every time I feel encouraged by every time, it's like, come on, I knew that, and yet I let the pressure putting me down, and I had to hear again from God the same word that maybe I heard a few months ago, because for a different reason, I, I find myself in the same situation, and, and it's like I laugh to myself, but that's, you know, how it works. You know, I, I, I hear God, and God encourages me in different things, and then when I, I feel the pressure because of different things, it's like, again, then God has to come, you know what, the same word, and I say, wow, why is that happening? Um, so this is what happened to Jonah, but before going into the story, or at least in the part of the story that I would like to talk about, I think it's good to have a bit of historical context of what was going on at that time. Yeah, so it's like um, uh, at that time, the, the, the nation of Israel was divided in two. You had the kingdom of Judah and, and Israel. And the side of Israel, uh, politically speaking, they were very much strong. They were a, a big, they were a big uh, uh, player into the geopolitical kind of uh, landscape in those days. The king was Jero- Jeroboam II. Uh, which was a king that uh, developed Israel like from a political point of view. He brought it even in levels that were higher than Solomon in terms of uh, the, the borders of Israel were, so, were massive. But yet he was a king that he displeased God. And, and you know, it was like um, a king that um, God was not happy with him. Uh, because as the kingdom was expanding and it was becoming more relevant from a political point of view, uh, there was more, more materialism was coming into the kingdom of Israel. And then, uh, you know, there is another prophet, Amos, who spoke. It was alive at the same time with Jonah. And he spoke about this. He spoke about how God was displeased about the condition, the spiritual condition of the nation of Israel during that time. And that's interesting because if you think like, okay, so this king Jeroboam II, he managed to, from a material point of view, uh, to bring uh, Israel in a very relevant position, and yet God was displeased with Israel. And this is, I think, the first thing that he's telling us is that, you know, we, don't, we cannot impress God. God is not impressive from a material point of view, from a physical point of view, we, uh, we manage to, uh, we try to impress the people around us, or we manage to expand our border, to expand our bank account, to expand our influence, to sp- expand our circle of, uh, of friends, to expand our careers, you know. These are all good things, you know, but if we miss the spiritual part, you know, God, you know, is not going to be happy. Say, so, okay, well, you expanded yourself, 
you know, in so many ways, but yet you are dying spiritually, yeah? And this is exactly what the condition of this king, Jeroboam, you know, expanded Israel, you know, everywhere, you know, very rich, very wealthy, politically speaking, and yet God was displeased with him because of the level um, spiritually they were dying. And Jonah was alive during that time. And then God goes to Jonah and he said, look, I want you to do something for me. I want you to bring a word from me. And he thought, okay, yes, for sure you want me to bring a word to our nation. You know, he want me, you want me to bring a, a word to the nation of Israel because Jonah, of course, he knew that he, um, he was um, about the condition of the nation and, and he wanted to do something for it, for, about, about them probably. But then God said to him, actually, I want you to go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is um, in our modern Iraq. Is actually historically the, the ruin of the uh, city of Nineveh that was then later destroyed um, are near the city, the modern city of Mos, uh, Mosul, I think it's called in, in Iraq. Um, so God said to him, look, I don't want you to do anything about my people. I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, you know what? I'm not happy about that. Why do I have to go to our neighbors when we are dying? So he decided to run away from God, and he went to Tarshish, which is in modern Spain. So, you know, if you, if you know your geography, you've got Iraq here, and then you have to cross the whole Europe, and to the further, you know, uh, east uh, or west corner of Europe is Spain, yeah? And he went all the way there. He wanted to go there because he didn't want to bring the Word of God to the, to the city of Nineveh. So let's just read a little bit. Uh, uh, the story, okay? I'm just going to re read a few verses here and there, and then we're going to focus on something specifically. So the book of Jonah in chapter 1, verses 1 to, 1 to 3, it opens up in this way. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and, and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, Joppa, I'm not sure about the pronunciation, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So I want to stop, you know, the key words here is in verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and then the beginning of verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord. Do you know that not to act in God's Word to your life is basically run away from, running away from God? It's the same thing. Sometimes as Christians, we, we, we feel that, we think that we can get that position of stall where, you know, we're just stalling there. Not moving forward, not going backwards, just, you know, there. We like to enjoy ourselves there, but actually there is no such a position when we spiritually speaking, is either we, move, we are moving towards God or we're moving far, uh, far away from God. So it's like when, you know, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and he decided to run away. And maybe, you know, as I said before, the, uh, at, at the opening of the sermon, maybe there is someone here that the Lord of the Lord came to your life, but for whatever reason, instead of embracing this word, you are deciding to run away from God. 
And the reason why Jonah ran away from the Lord, I'm just going to give you, we're not going to open up too much into this because that will be a completely another topic. But in chapter 4, the beginning of verse 1, it says that Jonah, this seemed very wrong. What, what, did, what seemed very wrong to Jonah? To go to Nineveh. Yeah? So he said, I, look, I received your word, but look, there must be something wrong about that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go where you're asking me to. I'm going to go the opposite direction. And I feel that even in today's generation, it's like many Christians work in this way. Uh, they, they have the, revel- the revelation of God. They come across uh, you know, the Bible and the truth in the Bible, but it doesn't seem to be right. I was speaking with a friend of mine the other day about something that is very acceptable in today's culture, but is very, yeah, is very sinful to the eyes of God. And he said to me, yeah, I know, because I showed the Bible, you know, we were speaking about the Bible, it's there. Yeah, I know it's there, but, you know, now we live in this generation, you know, we have to move on, we have to move on. So basically, we paraphrasing, we're saying, I know the revelation of God, but there must be something wrong about it. Look, we're in 2023, it's fine, it's okay, you know, and then we had a conversation on that. Uh, and it's like, but don't, this is not the case for us, that sometimes, you know, we receive the Word of God, and for whatever reason, we think that we know better. And instead of acting on the word that was revealed to us, we decided to do something different. Because I know that, oh, if I, if I do my way, I can take the situation in control. Really? I don't think so. But this is, yeah, what we do a lot of times. And this is what Jonah did. I don't think it's right for me to go to Nineveh. I'm going to run around the opposite direction. And I want to stop on this running away. What, what does it mean to run away? As I said before, you know, when we don't act on God's Word, basically we are running away from God. When we know God's Word in our life, when we know God's revelation in our life, and we don't act upon it, we don't take this Word and make it become reality in our life, what we're doing, we are running away from God. And it's like, there is this very known verses in James chapter 1, 23 and 24, that, you know, it puts it down very clearly. It says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. And I love how here James, you know, he puts it, you know, it's like, you know, if you hear the word of God, if the relation of God comes to your life, if the word of God comes to your life, you understand it, it's there for you, but then you don't, you don't do anything about it. It's just like a person that goes in front of the mirror, looks himself or herself in the mirror. He looks what he looks like and then walks away and forgets what he has seen. You know, it's like if, I've got, if I had a massive stain on this shirt and I go in front of the mirror, okay, today I'm going to church. I've got, oh, there is a stain here. Probably I need to change, change. I look at the mirror, yeah, I definitely need to change. Everybody will be able to see. It's not nice, it's not polite. I'm going to change it. So I'm looking myself into the mirror and telling to myself, yeah, I'm, I'm going to change it. This is not good. It's not good. I'm going to change it. Then I walk away, forget what I've seen, and I walk here with a massive stain. You know, this is very, you know, uh, you know making a joke, but this is exactly what it is. And this is what, you know, John experienced. He received the word of, the God, the word of God. He thought he knew better. He forgot what he, God told him and said, you know what, Pre- or pretended to forget. He ran in the opposite direction. And we as Christians, if we're not careful, you know, we can do exactly this. You know, we mirror ourselves into the Word of God, which, by the way, is the Bible. Yeah. 
our, the, you know, God's revelation to us, we see things, and instead of doing anything, we run away. And this running away, you know, it can have different forms in our life. You know, sometimes we, we like to keep distance uh, from God. And it's like, we don't get too close, we don't get too far. There was an episode in uh, Matthew when um, the Pharisee came and, and, and they arrested Jesus. In Matthew 26, verse 58, it says that Peter followed him at the, at the distance. You know, when the Pharisee came, they arrested Jesus and they brought him to the Sanhedrin to be, you know, judged and everything. Peter, the, the Bible says in Matthew that he followed what was going on when they arrested Jesus, and, but he was keeping a distance. And, and as well, you know, when we, it's, it's a way of running away from God when he's like, okay, yeah, it's interesting what's happening there. Yeah, God, but I don't want to get too close because you, you, you know what happened when we get too close? Then, the, the, then God becomes real. Then He starts to speak to us and, and He starts to work in our life and, and He starts to point things out in our life. And we don't like that because we feel we, we go like in self-preservation mode. We think that we are okay like that. We don't want to be changed. I don't want to be changed that much. So it's better I don't get too close to the Lord. You know, I, I don't want to go away. I mean, I know that God is good, so I want to follow Him, but yet I cannot be very close to Him because, you know, I don't like all this business of being changed. I don't like all, all this business of looking myself into the Word of God and, and God speaking to me. So I like to keep a bit of distance. But this is again is a way of running away from God. I'm not sure what He wants to do in me. I, I'm not sure really what, you know, what He's going to tell me about that and about that. You know, I'm just going to keep my distance from the Lord because we think He's good to, you know, we want to preserve our, ourselves, but yet we know that the best place, the most safe place for us is actually close to God. In Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelters of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I love this verse. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Am I the only one that sometimes needs some rest in this life? You know, when the situation gets a bit tough or different things happen, you know, and this and that, and I feel the, 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 the need of resting, you know, and I love the, the fact that I can go close to, the, to God and, and just, you know, hug Him and squeeze Him as much as I can, and I can find shelter, I can find rest, you know. I, I, I'm safe, I'm protected, you know, when I'm close to God. But yet sometimes we think that my, the best place is to be a bit distant from Him. How foolish we are sometimes, aren't we? If I, yeah, not too close. Why not too close? Why not too close is my question to you. What do you think God wants to do with your life? He loves you. He has given, he has given His life for you. He has good plans and purposes for your life. Why don't you want to go close to the Lord? Why do you think in your mind that the best place for you is to be just a bit distant? And then you see when, when different situations happen... And you, you hear the Christian, I don't feel God. God, where are you? You abandoned me. Really? Really? When, where, where were you when I wanted to change you? Where were you when I pointed these things out in your life and, and you, instead of doing something about it, you told me, no, I, I know better. Where were you when I told you to go right and you went left? Where were you? You know, God could say these things to us. He doesn't. But you know, if we are honest to ourselves, <coughs> this is exactly what we experience when we decide to keep the distance. And then... We cry, 
when the situations, when our life is crumbling around us, the safest place is to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. We should not be afraid by any means to be close to God. Allow God to change your life. Even if you don't understand, even if you think that he's not right, but don't worry, he knows better. Don't be like Jonah, who said, I don't agree with that. I'm not, not going to go to Nineveh. Look, we've got a nation dying here. My, your people are dying, Israel. Why are you sending me to our neighbors? Who are they? We even fought with them. Who are they? Why do you want me to go there and to preach about repentance? No, you must be wrong, God. I'm sorry, I'm going to go to Tarshish. I'm going to go the opposite direction. Keeping the distance from God. And then, you know, as well, the Bible is clear because it says, you know why it's foolish to, to be distant from God? In Luke 9, 23, 25, Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is, is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their, their very self? Whoever wants to save their life with God, they're going to end up losing it. So sometimes it's like, and then honestly, what do you want to save about yourself? When I compare myself with God, right? What do I want to save about myself? Nothing. All what I said is like, God, would you change me? You know, would you transform me? I'm full of defects. I'm full of things. You know, God, would you just change me? I want to be close to you, but sometimes, you know, we think that we know better and there are things that we need to, to stop God from, from, you know, accessing them. And this is a way of running away from God. Maybe you never thought about it. Keeping the distance. Not too close and yet not too far. Just somewhere there in the gray zone. The Bible is not for gray zone, you know that. Um, another way that sometimes we, what we do when is, is a way of running away from God is when we get stuck in disobedience. Um, and these are all the people who live their life, Christian people, with uh, small, what they call small or acceptable sins in their life. And they know that they need to do something about it, but they choose not to. They, they act in disobedience. They think that they need to be rescued. You know, it's like, yeah, it's okay. It's a small sin. It's not, it's not really, come on, that bad. Just there, pretending that he's not there. Keeping worshiping, worshiping God on a Sunday. Keeping saying hi to my brothers and sisters in church. Really, that thing is not really a big issue, is it? Yeah? Surely there are bigger things that God needs to concern than these tiny things. Is it, the, is, it, is it only me who heard these kind of arguments? People saying, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You know, there are, let God deal with the, with, the, with the big sins. But, you know, this is not how God works. You know, when, we dis, when he, um, you know, when God speaks to our life and he said, look, it's better you drop that because it's not good for you, by the way. Not because he wants to control you, not because he wants to manipulate you, not because he wants to do any of this, you know, whatever. Because he loves you, he knows what is good or bad for your life and my life. And he, in his revelation, sometimes it comes, he said, look, I want you to drop that. I want you to change that. 
Because, you know, I want to bring you somewhere. I've got a purpose. I've got a plan for your life. Will you come with me? Come on, leave that behind. That's not good. It's not healthy. Just leave it behind. I can give you the strength. Don't worry. Don't say it is too, it, it is too strong. Don't say I've tried many times. Come on, we can do it together. Leave it behind. But sometimes we decide not to. We disobey and we get stuck. We get stuck with God because we want God to bless us. But then really we don't allow Him to come in our life and, and to create that condition to receive. We want to receive from God, but yet we don't want to give away of, of anything from us. In a sense like, you know, I, I've, I've given these examples other times. If, if my glass is full with something, you know, I cannot keep on refilling with another, you know, liquid or fluid because it's, it's going to just come out because there is no space. And this is the same thing with sin. When we, when we start living our life with all these tiny sins and things that we think are acceptable, but we know that they are not really, and we, we start lying ourselves, you know, which is a very dangerous path when we start lying ourselves. And then our life gets get more cluttered and cluttered and cluttered and, fee, and full of these things. And then when God wants to bless us, He says, I'm sorry, I, I haven't got space. I cannot do anything in your life. And then we get stuck, spiritually speaking. Again, we don't feel God. We, still, we, feel that we, we think that we are far away from Him. And again, we end up in that um, loop. So disobedience is, is a way... Is, is a way as well to running away from God. Sometimes it's uh, hypocrisy, religious hypocrisy. It's like pr we pretend to be what we're not. This is as well a way that we run away from God. And the, the Pharisees were, were very much into that. The Pharisees in the Bible were very careful with the little tiny commas of the law and what is right, what is wrong, what the law says. But then Jesus had to deal with them and say, look, you're looking at, at the tiny bits of the law, but you're neglecting the important things here. You are neglecting the, you know, the things that really count to me. And this is like you know, the religious hypocrisy. You build this scaffolding around you of, of, of do and not do. You know, if I'm, I go to church, I'm good. If I don't go to church, I'm not good. If I pray before food, I'm good. If I don't pray before, so I, I make sure that I pray before food, that I go to church, I pray before I go to bed. You know, if we do these things out of a list, that I want to check out the list, it's really empty practices, it's religiosity. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray before food, or be, uh, we do in our home, or, or before you go to bed. But you, you should do it because you really want to. It's like you've got a desire, not because you've got a list to check. You don't, we don't want to be like Pharisees. We don't want to be hypocrites. In Matthew 23, verse 23, this is exactly what Jesus said to, <coughs> to the Pharisee. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your earth from your herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of the law, which is justice, mercy, and faith. You should tie, you should tie yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Yeah, and, and I feel that, you know, sometimes we, we, we run away from God by doing this. We make sure that on the outside we look good. I'm a Christian. I give my money. I come to church. I do a bit of charity here. I do a bit of charity there. I bring the shopping in for my neighbor because, you know, they need help. But then really, sometimes we miss the big part of what is to be a Christian, which is to be, you know, what, the, the important things like justice, mercy, and faith, and, and the work that God does in our life. Again, if we do this, we're running away from God. So either you, if, you, if this morning you're either having an attitude of like, I'm keeping distant from you, 
or an attitude of like disobedience, like, ah, oh, it's okay about this. I know, God, that you say so, but I would rather do this. Or an, or an attitude of hypocrisy where you want to look what you're not. What you're doing, really, you're running away from God. You're acting exactly like Jonah did. You know what you should do, but you choose not to. And then the story goes on because you see that Jonah, you know, before he kind of reconciled with God, you see the fruits of his disobedience, of his running away from God. He went to a boat, heading to Tarshish, and then we read that the, the, boat, the boat was caught into a storm, he was thrown into the sea, and then he was preserved for three days and three nights in the stomach of a large fish. Now just open here a small, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, a diversion, let's say. Oh, really? The Bible, the great fish? Difficult to believe, right? But, oh, hey, our God is a God of miracles. I don't care. Jesus mentioned that. Like Jonah was, if Jesus said that, for me is enough, you know. He's a God of miracles. So he could have, you know, created that miraculous situation. So let's not get stuck on that. That's what I'm saying. But this is the, how Jonah, you know, he, he chose to do different. He ran away from God. The boat hit the storm, the boat was destroyed, and he ended up on the sea. You see, when you run away from God, He will never lead you to a good place. He's going to lead you in a place where you, one way or another, you will pay consequences of your choices. Sometimes in your life, sometimes in the, you know, in the uh, situation that you will find yourself into. Running away from God doesn't bring any good. Taking the situation under control. I'm going to take the situation under control. Let God. Let God be in control of your life. Let God be in control of your life. You don't want to find yourself in a storm, right? But then the good thing is that why he was in the, in the, in the stomach of this large fish, in his dark, darkest, dark, sorry, hour, God reached out to Jonah. And everything starts in chapter 2 is this prayer of Jonah when he realized, goodness me, what I've done. Look where I am now. That is all chapter 2 mainly is about this prayer of repentance where, God, when, where Jonah was trying to reach out to God. But I, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm just going to read the first two verses. Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I cry out to the Lord. So now he was in the stomach of this great fish. He had lost everything. He was running away. The situation was bad. And while he was there, he said, I cry out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. He was crying out to the Lord. And God heard the prayer of Jonah. And, you know, I, whatever you are, maybe, you know, it's like after hearing this this morning, you find, oh, my goodness, I've been running away a bit. I, this is not a word that wants to condemn your life. There is hope. You know, there is hope for you still. You know, we, Calvary is still open. You know, and even wherever you are, if it is, even the darkest place where you find yourself, if you cry out to the Lord, God, God is going to reach out uh, to your life. He's going to reach out to you, and He's going to uh, take you out. It doesn't matter how ugly the situation is. It doesn't matter how impossible the situation might be. That doesn't mean that everything becomes easy. <clears throat> because sometimes, constantly, depends what we do in life. Sometimes consequences are always there. I, I always, you know, another stupid example, if I, if because I'm a silly man, I chop my hand, 
because I, I do, I'm doing something I shouldn't do and I chop my hand and then I get saved. Can God give me a new hand? Yes, if he wants to, but really, you know, probably the hand is gone and I'm going to live with that. But we know that our life is not just here, of course, it's eternity, yeah? Uh, so it's like sometimes the consequences of what we do, uh, depending on what we do, will always be there. So there is time, you know, depending on the situation, you can rebuild trust, you can rebuild, um, you can rebuild relationship with people if you lost people, but it's not easy, yeah? But still God is going to reach out to you. He's going to say, look, it's not going to be easy, I'm not going to lie to you. Look, quite, quite a big mess, but together... Little by little, we're going to start sorting out everything. We start from there, then we move there, then we move there, then we move here. Um, you know, it's what Eliana was sharing last Sunday. I love when she walked by the wall and she gave the example of the different bricks and this is this in your life. This, uh, you know, we all, we've got different situations. She, she called them rubbles in our life that, you know, God will, with us, we can start sorting them out and build them so they become a wall that testify of the glory of God in our life. But as I said, this process, you know, might require some time. But nevertheless, God is there. And it doesn't matter how difficult or dark your situation is, He wants to reach out to you. He's willing to take you out. And uh, just in conclusion, and worship team, if you want to start to come, I just want to read a few verses. Uh, in James uh, chapter 4, verses 7 to 10, I'm just going to read from the message, um, which is a paraphrasing translation of the Bible. Uh, but I like how, really, how these words were kind of uh, there uh, for, for us to understand. Very handy, very practical, yeah? So James 4, verses 7 to 10, it says, So let God work His will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him make himself scarce. Say a quiet yes to God and He'll be there in no time. Quit doubling in sin. Purify your, li- your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and the games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you will get on your feet. Why don't we all stand and we just close in prayer and I just want to... Uh, I want to encourage you, as I said, if you find yourself that you've been running away from God, either by keeping what you think is a safe distance, which is not a safe distance. God wants you to go close to Him. Or maybe it's because you're running away because you are purposefully disobeying to Him. You've accepted things in your life that you know are not right, are not correct with God. Or maybe if you feel that you're like an hypocrite from a spiritual point of view where you want to appear what you're not and your faith has become like a a list of boxes that need to be ticked. Wherever you are, this message is for you. God is reaching out to your life and He wants you to cry out to the Lord. He wants you to, just like Jonah did, you realize that He was doing something that it was not right. It was no point running away from God. He cried out to the Lord, and then the story goes on. The Lord rescued him, and then at the end, he did go to Nineveh. He did preach, and the people did repent there. So it's like, whatever you are, you know, it's, if you 
feel like you've been running away. It's time for you to stop. I like when he says there in the message, the fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you will get on your feet. Maybe for some of us here this morning, it's time to get serious with God. Maybe for some of us here this morning, it's time to quit the playing, the pretending, trying to appear what we're not. Maybe for, for, for some of us, it's time really to, today, to get down on our knees before our master, who is Jesus Christ. Because that's the only way that we'll get up on our feet. God will pick us up and he's going to walk with you in the midst of the difficulties of the craziness of the situation where you are into he's going to take you by hand and slowly slowly he's going to walk you out from that hallelujah we thank you jesus hallelujah we thank you lord god hallelujah thank you jesus hallelujah hallelujah god hallelujah we praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. There is still hope. Do not feel condemned. Do not feel like, oh, I failed again. That's not the point of, of this today. The point is like, you know, God is there. You know, if you cry out to him, he's ready to reach out to him. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We're going to have a time of worship now. The altar is open here. If you want someone to pray for you, other in relation of what we heard or anything else in your life, you can come here and, you know, we'll be praying for you as we worship God. Let's just, you know, keep our eyes closed. Keep that intimacy with God. Let's not look to who is next to us, who is going to come in front. Let's talk about that. Let's get serious. Let's quit gaming and the games and and, and all the things that we like to do sometimes in church. And let's get serious with God. We close our eyes. We open our hearts to Him. And if there is something in your life that you would like a specific prayer, why don't you just come in the front? I will be praying for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. Because... Uh, the promise of the eternity that you've uh, uh, given us, Lord God, it, this life is not just about what we're experiencing today, Lord God, but one day we will see you face to face. To face. We'll spend eternity with you. Every tears will, uh, will be gone. Every sickness will be gone. Every, all the perfect world will, will be there for eternity with you, Lord God. We thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for the cross, Jesus, because you've rescued us, Lord God. It's not on us, Lord, but it's on, it's on you, you know, the, the giver of grace and, and the one who has done it all for us. So we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence among us here this morning. We thank you, Lord God, for, um, for your word. We thank you for how you're encouraging each one of us, Lord God, you know, to be close to you and not to run away from you. Lord, we pray as well for the food that we're going to eat in a moment. We pray that you will bless it, Lord God, and you will be with us also this coming week ahead with your presence, with your protection. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So.
please, you can make your way to the coffee, and whenever food is ready, we can start eating because we already prayed. <laughs> and, uh, but as, as I said, if you haven't brought anything with you, do not worry. Stick around with us. We've got plenty of food. It would be nice to have some fellowship together. God bless you.